Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Listeners, today we are discussing how you can leverage partners and affiliates to start to turbocharge your growth. Kevin, 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 we are in season four. We are well and truly in season four of the B2B Playbook podcast. Season four is called Be Better. Be Better, listeners, as you all know, is the fourth B of our 5Bs framework. Now, our first three Bs, they really prepped you to make sure that you deeply understand your dream customers. You've created content that's super helpful to them, which started building that beautiful relationship of trust. And then in BC, we showed you how to amplify your helpful content to the right people and therefore accelerate your growth. Kev, we're in Be Better, part four, season four, what's Be Better about? Be Better Listeners is all about optimizing your B2B marketing workflow to cement yourself as the expert you set out to be. And it talks about what steps do you take next to keep improving your understanding of your dream customers, your helpful content, and how to keep amplifying that content. And today, we're going to be talking about how you leverage partners and affiliates to grow your business, as George said. If done well, this can fuel huge growth in a business, hopefully yours, And we want to dive in to look at what affiliates and partnerships are, why they work, and when to start focusing on doing more work with these affiliates and partnerships. And then a framework for going and executing on these partnerships and affiliate work. God, we love frameworks, Kevin. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen it. I watched last night the series on Netflix, uh, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Have you seen that? I have. It's a good one. 
I mean, that is a wonderful framework around great cooking. And I watched it for the first time. My girlfriend kept telling me about it. We sat down and watched some episodes. I absolutely love the framework, Kevin, that the chef Samir Nosrat has put around cooking. She's clearly thought really, really deeply around what makes a dish so great. And of course, it is those key components. It's the balance of salt, fat, acid, and heat. And you can just see, Kevin, that she has probably like yourself sat back and just thought so deeply about the things that she is doing. And Kevin, it reminded me a little bit of what we're trying to do here on the B2B playbook. We're really trying to zoom out from the detail, from the tactics, uh, and look at how does this all piece together? How can we start to think about this in a way that is cohesive? So our B2B marketers know how to fish rather than just giving them the fish. Yeah, George, frameworks really are all around us. It's how we think um, as human beings. It's how we make sense of the world and definitely what we're trying to do with the B2B marketing sphere that we're talking about. And another prevalent concept that goes through uh, how humans communicate and understand things is, of course, stories. So before we get into defining affiliates and partnerships, we wanted to start with an anecdote or story in this case about the power of these affiliates and partnerships. So while Tim Ferriss, and many of you listeners will know, George and I are big fans of Tim Ferriss and his podcast on the show, while he was writing The 4-Hour Workweek, he spent over a year trying to get to know some of the most influential bloggers in the world. And when he finished writing his book and was ready to launch it, he sent out over a thousand pre-release copies to the bloggers he had met and asked them to write a review on launch day. Most loved it. So on launch day, a large number of them wrote a post on it to share with their followers. This really helped Tim's four-hour work week book become a bestseller overnight. And he actually did the same thing with different mediums at different times for his subsequent books. So when he released his four-hour body book, I think it was podcast. It may have been uh, the four-hour chef that he really utilized podcasts on. And each time he really tapped into the medium that was up and coming with a lot of followers who are potentially his audience already. And he really got to work getting to know the most influential people in that space, the Dream 100 in those different spaces, in that different channel before his book was ready to launch. So that each time when his book was ready to launch, he had an overnight success. But all that work in the years leading up to those launches, nobody sees. It just looks like an overnight bestseller. That's it, Kev. I'm very much looking forward to our overnight success in a couple of years' time. Now, this is such a great story because it really shows the power of finding partners and affiliates and working with them to grow your business. Tim Ferriss, he's the gift that keeps on giving and that that story really shows that. Now, listeners, affiliates and partners, now they are companies or people that your dream customers are already hanging around. Now, we talk about that as your dream 100. That dream 100 is that list of places that your dream customers are already hanging out. So, What you can do is you can identify these companies or people that your dream customers are already hanging around and you can look to strategically partner with and incentivize them so they start sending some of their dream customers to you. Super easy example, Kevin, is with our marketing program, the B2B Incubator. I mean, we offer a 20% referral fee for anyone who refers a B2B marketer to the B2B Incubator. On two and a half grand, Kev, that's a cool 500 bucks in that marketer's pocket. Uh, We've been getting great feedback from the program so far. So it's a real win-win-win situation there. We've tried to make it a no-brainer. Yeah, the win-win-win situation is exactly what you're looking for, listeners. 
If you're not convinced about why it works, we're going to talk about that now. So we've said that in order for people to buy from you, they really need to trust you. You can do that through helpful, educational, and entertaining content, but you can also get that trust if you're recommended by someone else that your dream customer already trusts because that trust is then transferred. In the same way that you will go to a new restaurant or a movie that your friend tells you about or raves about or gym class or physio or dentist, whatever it might be, if you trust that friend and his opinion, you're going to trust his recommendations. That's it, Kev. Um, it's almost that shortcut, isn't it? Because uh, you, you're getting that trust transferred from that other person. Our next point, Kev, is we're going to talk about, well, when should you focus on this? And I say as soon as possible. I think it's something that we should have focused on earlier for ourselves because it's essentially capturing demand that's already out there, Kevin. It buys you time while you're trying to create demand or get your inbound and outbound engines working. So perhaps, Kev, we should have actually put this um, after Be Ready so our listeners can get started as early as the Be Helpful stage uh, while they're doing this because you're essentially tapping into a network of people who are ready to buy right now and just by building trust with the people who influence them, they can become your dream customers. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, George. We really should have started this earlier for ourselves and I think a lot of businesses we come across and we work with, they also could benefit from starting this a lot earlier. It's just not something that people turn attention to because traditionally when you think about affiliates and things like that, it's just another channel And when, when in fact it really should be the main channel that most people focus on in growing their business and it should happen very early on. But George... I have to say, you know, in the early days for marketers, there's 101 things going on. There's very important foundations to lay. And I think that still trumps this in terms of importance. You need to get your message right. You need to understand your dream customers properly and start to put out content that actually helps them that you can prove with your be helpful content, with your cycle and of feedback from your audience that it is in fact helpful. You do have the right product or service and you're on the right track before you start reaching out to your dream 100 and start to grow. Uh, but as you said, earlier the better. ASAP, I totally agree with that. And as soon as you're ready, marketers, you should be turning your attention to nailing your dream 100. Uh, you make a really good point there, Kev. Um, honestly, for us, by building the B2B Playbook podcast, creating that educational, helpful content, that actually made it really way easier to then reach out and become partners with complementary businesses. Otherwise, you know, it can be a little bit harder to get their attention. But if you show that you're out there, you're providing something that's clearly of value to their audience, um, and, you know, they see that you're out there putting out awesome content, then it makes it much easier for them to get in contact with you or for them to answer your email, whatever it might be, uh, because there's already a face to a name. They can see that you're out there being genuine. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there, George. It does make that journey a bit easier. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, it's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial 
when you let the rep know that you found out about Lead Feeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. All right, well, let's get into the framework, listeners. How do we do it? How do we maximize and leverage your affiliates and partnerships and ultimately your Dream 100? As with anything, there is a framework here. There's a couple of steps that I'll run you through now before we deep dive into every step. The first one is to identify your potential affiliates and partners, then to recruit them to become your affiliates and partners, make that official with a program, give them reasons to promote you, train them to become super affiliates, and finally compensate your affiliates. That's it, Kev. It's our six-step framework to partnerships and affiliates. Now, let's dive further into step one, which is all about how to identify those potential affiliates and partners. And Kev, we touched on it earlier. It's about starting to look at your dream 100. Remember, the places that your dream customers are already gathering. It could be complementary businesses or influencers. And as with pretty much every other concept in this season, apply the 80-20 principle to this list as well. When you look at a list of 100 places or people or sources of information, obviously you need to know where to start, which is that complementary partner that most of your dream customers are already getting information from, already trust the most, and are most likely to get you the most dream customers if they recommended you. But applying that 80-20 rule also means looking at what's realistic. You know, we'd love to partner with someone like HubSpot because they have a huge number of B2B marketers following them, but they'll never partner with us at the size that we're currently at because we're far too small for them. Affiliate commission from us might be a drop in the ocean for them and it's not worth their effort. But a B2B influencer or agency, maybe a VC firm, those could be perfect for something like the B2B playbook. That's it, Kev. That 80-20 rule is key. And once we have that list of businesses or influencers that we'd love to work with, prioritize that list uh, based on probably what will get you the best bang for your buck and is um, also the most realistic. Kev, once we have that list, uh, we like to really work our way in with either that complimentary business or that influencer. And we'd like to do that through some kind of content collaboration as there needs to be a little bit of trust between you and that complimentary business or influencer. You know, at the end of the day, nobody wants to recommend a dud product or service to their dream customers or they're actually going to lose their trust. So you've got to work on that relationship. Date before you get married, Kev. Yeah, and it has to be a win-win, right? So you know, we need to show them that we will be a win for them and they will be a win for us. It's an opportunity for you to gauge them as well. And it's much like an interview, you know, it's not one way. You're gauging them, they're gauging you and you're building that sense of trust. And it's just a bit more scalable than building trust one-on-one with your dream customers. All right, listeners, step two. Once you have that list, once you've prioritized it and you've started to work your way in with some of them, recruit them to become your affiliates and partners. That's step two. Asking someone to become an affiliate is much easier if you've already started working your way in with them and you've built that relationship with them. You should know what projects or ideas they're working on. You should look to help them uh, hit those projects or ideas well. So it makes it a no-brainer for them to collaborate with you and put more effort into fewer quality relationships here, particularly at the beginning. And then you can scale what works. 
Subject matter experts who have a name for themselves in your industry are often looking for ways to help monetize their expertise. This is a great opportunity for them and for you to start to partner up and work collaboratively together. That's it, Kevin. Finally, listeners, uh, as part of step two, make sure that you actually keep a list of these potential affiliates or people you want to partner with. So you know who you've spoken to, whether they've agreed to be an affiliate or not, you know, where that relationship is at. Stay organized, Kev. Something you're always saying to me, George, stay organized. And that's why we have a tab in our Google Sheet uh, keeping track of exactly this. Yeah, it's very important, George. 100 people, 100 conversations. If you want to make them quality, you need a little bit of organization, listeners. Step three, make it official with a program. Make it look official. Uh, you know, if you're working with affiliates or partners, let them know that they will get paid. Make it very transparent how much and how it's all going to work. Make it a program so that they have somewhere to go back to and check all those fine details if they, for whatever reason, need to go back to it. It makes it easier for them makes it build that sense of trust with them a, a lot easier and it makes your life a little easier because they have something to refer to that they don't need to keep questioning you about and you don't have to keep that in your mind all the time. Now, there's a lot of platforms out there uh, that are just for building affiliate programs. Um, so for example, Kajabi has one where we host a B2B incubator course. Uh, if you're selling more expensive products or services, you could even keep it simple and tell your affiliates that anyone they refer to should put their name in how did you hear about us section when they do the purchase form so you know to send the commission to them or give them a unique link so you can do that tracking on your own side. And for us, George, as an example, you know we're tracking all this in a spreadsheet at the moment and that can start to get a bit out of hand. So we're thinking about then moving to Kajabi, moving to HubSpot and all these different other tools that could potentially help us manage that process. Yeah, that's right. But there was absolutely nothing wrong with just starting in a spreadsheet because it just helped us get started. It was more than adequate to begin with. All right, on to step four of the six-step framework. Um, give your affiliates a reason to promote you or multiple reasons to promote you. So if you give them reasons to promote you, then it becomes a total no-brainer for them. Um, you know, work with them to be as accommodating as possible and make sure that they're not straining their relationship with their own audience. So as we said at the beginning here, you need to make it a win-win-win for everyone. So how can you position your product or service to make sure that you maintain that trust with that person that you're working with and then they maintain their trust with their audience? We want this to be a great relationship over the long term. We don't want to burn bridges. So giving them a steady stream of things to promote about your product or service is crucial. You know, is there something that's worth talking about? Is there a content collaboration between you and your affiliate or your partnership? You know, perhaps there's some joint piece of content you've been working on, a joint webinar, a video of some sort. Is there a new feature of your product or service that your affiliate or partner can start talking about to their audience because it would be really helpful to their audience? Is there something else special or new? In short, really, Kev, we've just got to make it really easy for our affiliates to promote us. Yeah, George, very important point there that he made listeners. You want to make the relationship a great one over the long term. You have to focus on making relationships like this for the long term because the idea is that they will keep referring people to your service, to your products, and the idea is that they should be treated 
uh, the best <laughs> within your business because they're really going to be your top growth channel, your most sustainable growth channel. You know, if you set up your affiliate or partnership programs right, they're always going to be profitable and they're always going to give you a steady stream of business. So it's very important to make sure that you really focus on making these great relationships that are focused on the long term. George, step five, after you've given of your affiliates many reasons to promote you is to train those same affiliates to become super affiliates. So create an affiliate center for your best affiliates. This could be an online resource where they can have access to resources that help them sell your products better and easier. It could be branding, so it's easy for them to use your branding assets like logos, like logos or colors. It could even be, you know, training videos on how to communicate uh, on how to best communicate the value of your products to your dream customers. As well as that, there could be sample email ads, LinkedIn posts, and more. You know, the, the world's your oyster here. You can think of many things that you can do to make your affiliates' lives easier. You know, if you're struggling for ideas, ask them what would help them. Have a look around at what great examples are within the affiliate program space. As long as you're providing lots of resources to them to make their lives easier, it's likely that that is going to help them sell more of your product or services. That's it, Kev. Make it as easy as possible. Um, you know, your true partners really believe in your product. They have an audience who wants it. Just make it easy for them. You know, if they're taking a healthy commission, and we're going to talk about that in the next step, but if they're taking a healthy commission for referring business to you, then it's in their interest to promote this thing. So we've got to make it easy for them. All right, Kev. Step six, let's talk about how to compensate your affiliates and your partners. Now, Kev, for partnerships, we actually have an interview listeners coming up with Brian Williams, who um, headed up partnerships for zero. Um, and he's going to talk really in depth about partnerships in particular. Now, if we partner with a complementary business like an agency, there might just be a referral agreement in place, or there could be a specific amount of commission that we get each time we refer a client. Ultimately, it's really about creating win-win scenarios. So whatever works for both businesses and whatever incentivizes both businesses to actively promote each other's companies. For affiliates, Kev, it has to be worth their time, uh, particularly in the earliest stage of growth. You know, you should be trying to pay them as much as possible. For most people, a typical referral or affiliate commission can be around the 20 to 30% mark in commission of sales. As we said, Kev, for us, you know, we've started off with 20% um, because that's roughly what we can afford. That's probably as much as we can afford to give away at this stage, which is, you know, $500 on a two and a half grand product, which is pretty, get, pretty good for a recommendation. Russell Brunson, Kev, who I love and follow, um, the creator and CEO of ClickFunnels, he offers and advises you to offer up to 40% commission, um, which is pretty huge. So work out how much you can give and give that amount. And look, you might need to take into account the stage of growth that you're at. Um, if you're looking at growing more aggressively and you're a little earlier on, maybe you can afford to give away more commission because maybe your other channels, you're only breaking even on them anyway. And it's more important to reach certain growth targets. If, on the other hand, your product is already in high demand, you're struggling to fulfill all that demand, then maybe you don't need to offer 40%. So offer as much as you can, but take into consideration um, the state that your business is in. That's great advice, George. And I think, again, it comes back to that point of 
making sure that you're making it worth their time. Um, again, it is a long-term relationship that you want to be building. And so part of that is compensating your affiliates and partners properly, compensating them as well as you can. If you give them a better offer than competitors or potentially other sources of revenue, then they're going to be more focused on helping build that relationship with you and driving more sales to your product or services to your business. So it's a no-brainer to try and make that relationship as good as possible for them because ultimately that will come back in spades for your own business. Kev, one final note is listeners, your customers are actually fantastic affiliates. You know, if particularly the champion, the person who's using your product, loves your product and is getting a ton out of it, absolutely incentivize them to tell their network about it because chances are that they know other people just like them in, you know, companies in the same industry, different industries, whatever it might be. So they are perfectly positioned to be great affiliates. And Kev, actually I said final note, but there is one final word of caution here from the ever cautious Kevin. (laughs) There is, George, there is. Listeners, if you are distributing a lot of content out there uh, for your affiliates, for your partners, and it's all very similar, Um, Or, for example, if you're doing collaboration with some of your partners on the content front and you're looking to put out the same content, make sure you consult your SEO uh, expert in-house or your technical support on that side and make sure that you're not getting penalized for duplicate content. Just something to check. Um, Usually, it's a pretty easy fix on the website end. All right, listeners and George, key takeaways for this episode. First, affiliates and partnerships are a source of steady growth while you work on your inbound and outbound marketing engines, as well as well into the future. Your best affiliates can be complementary businesses and your best customers, so make sure you treat them well and create win-win-win scenarios. And finally, make sure it's a no-brainer for them to be your affiliate and continue to be your affiliate. Make your product easy to promote and make sure they're paid nicely to send customers your way. Very, very good. Thank you, Kevin. Great takeaways. All right, listeners, as per usual, you can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes. And next week, we're going to look at how marketers can leverage CRM, CDPs, and data to keep optimizing. Listeners, we're so grateful that each week, more and more marketers are tuning in every Monday morning to the B2B Playbook. And if we can ask one thing, it would be to pass the podcast along to someone who you think would find it helpful or leave us a short review on whatever platform it is you listen on. It's an amazing help to us and we'd really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you, Kevin. Take care and catch you next week. Thank you, George. Thank you, listeners. Take care and see you next week. A quick note before you go, listeners. You can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer.